Welcome to the podcast. So today we have an update on what happened to the couple that took fish tank cleaner, thinking it would cure the coronavirus that they didn't have, killing one of them. Uh, there's a great update to that one, and the story just doesn't get any better. We also talk about modern monetary theory. What is modern monetary theory? It's well, basically you can just spend as much as you want. Just keep printing uh, if you want to spend that money. Well, we're basically trying that now in the United States, and we have an update on that. A couple more trillion dollars going out the door minimum. And uh, Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo, we get into that. One, uh, Someone in the Cuomo family has coronavirus. We'll tell you who that is. And as well... Uh, we'll get into um, the My Pillow attack. Mike Lindell from My Pillow was at the press conference, got bashed by the media. Comes on to tell the story today on the podcast. Go to uh, make sure you rate and review this podcast because it helps other people uh, uh, find it and uh, discover the show. As well as going and searching for Stu Does America. Subscribe to that as well. It's my show. Airs at 8 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV. By the way, we have the biggest discount ever at Blaze TV right now going on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Go there, get 30 bucks off. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Total confirmed cases worldwide, 799,995. That's up from 735 yesterday. The confirmed deaths worldwide, 38,735. 5% of active cases are still considered serious, requiring hospitalization. Uh, note that 11% of U.S. confirmed cases require hospitalization, roughly on par with Italy at 12%. The U.S. now has 164,359 confirmed cases and 3,173 deaths. That is up uh, considerably from yesterday. We had 2,400 deaths as of this time yesterday. Less than 0.6% of the total U.S. population has been tested. 15% of that 06 uh, of America who have been tested have been diagnosed with COVID-19. So how did the president make this decision? Apparently, it was Dr. Fauci, uh, the chief medical advisor for the uh, Corona Task Force, uh, and his uh, cohort, uh, Dr. Debbie Burks. They went in, apparently, to the Oval Office on Sunday, leaned over the, the uh, Resolute desk, and put out all of the papers and showed all of the charts and then just stood there while the president looked at it. Um, Fauci said, interestingly, we showed him the data. He looked at the data, got it right away. It's a pretty clear picture. Uh, Dr. Debbie Burks and I went in together, leaned over his desk, said, take a look. The, the president reportedly looked at them, understood the impl- implications and shook his head and said, wow, I guess we got to do it. Medically, this is the right decision, and I stand behind it 100%, Fauci said. From a public health standpoint, we felt strongly that it would have been wrong to pull back at this point. We're scientists, physicians, public health officials. We're not economists. We're sensitive to the idea that the economy could suffer, but we weigh that against the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of Americans' life. 
It was blatantly obvious looking at the data that at the end of the day, if we try to push back prematurely, not only would we lose lives, but it would probably hurt the economy as well. So we would lose on double accounts. So there was no question as what the right choice was. Now, Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland have now joined the states issuing house arrest orders. Maryland and Virginia became the latest states on Monday to enact a stay-at-home mandate amid the coronavirus uh, outbreak, except for essential travel for work. Virginia's order is in effect till June 10th, making it one of the longest statewide mandates implemented so far. Maryland's penalties for violating its owners are among some of the strictest in the country, including a $1,000 fine and up to 30 days in jail for repeat offenders. Holy cow. In total, more than 210 million Americans now effectively live under some form of house arrest or shelter-in-place type orders, with another 50 million facing travel or shopping or eating restrictions. Only six states do not have closed schools. Healthcare workers now using forklifts to load dead bodies into refrigerated trucks in New York. Did you see this video, Stu? Yeah. This video is really disturbing from uh, Brooklyn. Uh, it, was, it was posted. Do we have that video? Can we run that here? This video is, um, it was posted by a guy uh, in, I think, Brooklyn, uh, who was just walking by and he said, oh my gosh, look at it. It's this giant 18-wheeler and they are loading dead bodies into it it's a refrigerated truck and you could see the camera start shaking and he says i'm sorry my hands are shaking uh because this is this is real this is no joke this is the brooklyn hospital uh and he said uh, this should make you take it seriously now can we play the can we play the part of ron paul where he says this is not real, I guess. Can we play this? I want to hear it for myself. Well, I, I think it's blown way out of proportion to, to the danger. And it seems that some people benefit from crises like this, people who want more government power and more control over people and want to get big appropriations and, and get their special deals passed. And that's what's happening now. Everybody's, it's a grab bag. So it's, uh, it's being used. Uh, and I, I don't see it as a, uh, as a problem dealing with one virus, I think it's dangerous when people get the virus uh, and they're already sick or elderly and have other conditions. But uh, I, I think millions of people probably have had the infection and still do. Uh, but it's used as an excuse by those who have a special interest uh, to use that. And uh, I, I think that that is sad. But uh, hopefully they'll wake up soon and say, well, it wasn't quite as bad as they thought. And maybe it's a combination of the virus along with another disease or medication or somebody's uh, immune system. That's that's the problem. How much of that do you agree with, Stu? I mean, he's totally right that they're going to try to exploit the situation as much as they can. They've already done it multiple times, and that's uh, certainly going to continue. Two trillion dollar infrastructure bill now. I do two think, trillion dollars. That's a, that's this is insane. Yeah, and, and that's another one. That's not the two trillion we've already spent, or the two. No, this bills is a new one. That this is a new one that the president. Right. And again, we should point out, this is not how these things end, right? As, as you kind of noted, this is the opening offer from the Republican side on a bill 
is yeah. two trillion. They'll go for more. The, the the Democrats will go for more. Yeah, I was looking looking back at um, you know our notes from earlier, um, and I had this uh, story. This is a big this is a big story at the time. Chuck Schumer decided he he had to go bold. Uh, we this is his quote. We need to go big, bold, urgent federal action to deal with this crisis. The kind of measures we're putting together with will mainline money into the economy and directly into the hands of families that need it. Uh, his proposal was for uh, seven hundred and fifty billion dollars. That was for the last bill that wound up at two point two trillion. Chuck Schumer was asking for seven hundred and fifty billion, and it ended at two point two trillion. Now we have the Republican side starting at two trillion. What's this one going to end up as? <laughs> Can't even imagine what this Holy is going to be. Holy cow! How do we? We don't. We don't. How do we? I mean, this is this is really concerning. This it, is really concerning. We are. We have crossed the Rubicon. I think we 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 are. There's there's no accountability anymore. It's just we're going to spend, spend, spend. There's really no party that opposes the spending at this point. I mean, at, at times in the past, Republicans have voiced opposition to the spending, but they don't even voice it anymore. The Democrats obviously have always wanted more of it. So we are going into a, 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 an era now that goes far be, beyond you know Keynesian economics, but to the point of legitimate modern monetary theory. I mean, we really are going to this place where whatever we want, we get. By printing more money, let's see what happens. You know, people were making fun of Rashida Tlaib a couple of weeks ago for saying that she wanted to get two one trillion dollar coins to pay for the last bill. Uh, which, again, I don't understand. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait two, two one, one trillion, trillion dollar, dollar coins? coins. Why not one two trillion dollar coin? I don't know the answer to it. <laughs> well, I, don't know. I mean, I do. It's clear. It's clear. You, I mean. You want two buyers. I mean, the odds of finding one buyer for a trillion dollar coin, <laughs> yeah, you know, is hard enough to find one buyer for a two trillion dollar coin. And it, you you cut down all the bargaining power. Hey, buy one, get the second one half price. Oh, yeah. That's all of that true. stuff. And I'll say, you know too, I mean? if you go in and try to buy something with it, they're not going to have enough change for a two trillion dollar coin. Likely now, in most you break grocery it? stores. Can you break a two trillion dollar coin? And they'll say no. If you do, you have a one trillion? <laughs> no, I, know. I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't see. This is going to be. Here's the fun part: the one trillion dollar coin is going to be our normal uh, mode of uh, currency oh, that yeah, you're, you're, no. you're actually bringing to yeah, grocery no. stores very soon if we don't just stop doing this. Yeah, no, it'll be the one with link uh, with uh, with uh, George Washington's head on it. It'll just it'll be the quarter, except it'll be etched in by New York prisoners. Twenty five trillion dollars. I mean, this is Glenn. This is unbelievable. I understand we are in the middle of something serious. I don't downplay it. I mean, I think we have a couple weeks here to uh, hopefully see that most of the models seem to peak uh, the worst of this thing in a couple of weeks. If that happens, you know, can we reverse it and, and all of these things? I hope so. Um, but the idea that we can just sit here and just spend our way out of it is not, it's, that's not how this works. You know, no, there's not going to be, a bridge is not going to solve the coronavirus uh, issue. Uh, you don't, you don't do it by well, paving it, roads. So, so here's, well, here's what the president may be looking at. Last night, um, 
the Fed came out and said the job loss could be 47 million people. And unemployment may hit 32%. Again, I don't... We just spent $2 trillion to make sure that didn't happen. Why did we spend the $2 trillion if it were going to... Like, these, the bill itself, yes, it gives $1,200 to every American in a certain uh, uh, income bracket. Everybody knows that part of it because it's the only part anybody's talked about. But it also offers money to small businesses to pay the salary of your employees, the mortgages of your of your businesses, all of the, th- the, the tightly sort of associated uh, costs that would come um, from your business operating in an environment where you're told you're not allowed to open it. That's exactly what the bill does for small businesses. And then larger businesses have uh, resources in big loans and, and all sorts of things that are guaranteed. Uh, and the the loans to small businesses, if you, if you pocket the money, you have to pay it back. Okay. But if you pay it to your employees and you pay it for mortgage and you pay it for operational expenses, the bill is written in a way that those lo- loans will be forgiven, which of course, that's not a loan, right? It's, it's, it's a giveaway with conditions. That's all supposed to be in here, and it's supposed to protect against exactly what you're talking about. It's not supposed to go. Well, we should. We should know that this week, shouldn't we? We'll know more about it if we if we have Mm -hmm. a yeah. I mean, if we have another really horrible. I mean, the problem is is things like oil. Do do you realize that oil may actually they may start paying you to buy a barrel of oil. It, it may go below zero, the price of oil. And you'd ask, how is that possible? Because they're not stopping production in Russia or Saudi Arabia. And so they're running out of places to hold it. That's why your gas is now. These people who bought the gas even a week ago, they're losing their shirts on the gas. You know, they're charging 99 cents. That's not what they paid for it when they pumped it into the ground. And so they're losing their shirts, but they're... There's so much gas available and everybody's pressuring, take the gas, take the oil. Well, at what price do we stop taking oil? Because there's no place to put it. I mean, it is, it's remarkable on what is being done to really, truly, you couldn't design an economic collapse any better than than what we're doing uh, all around the world and what, all these countries and all of these huge businesses and governments, you couldn't design it any better than it has been designed uh, so far. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program. Uh, Glenn Beck joined now by uh, Stu Bergier, our executive producer and host of uh, Stu Does America. And Pat Gray, host of his own show, Pat Gray Unleashed. Hello, Pat. Hello, Glenn. Do you remember the the couple that ingested the fish tank cleaner? I do. Last week. Yes. Tell mm-hmm. me the story. Tell me the story, the best of your recollection. Well, because Donald Trump made it sound like... Uh, the uh, the fish tank cleaner was a cure for the coronavirus, 
they took mm-hmm. it. They ingested it. Mm-hmm. And, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. it uh, nearly killed him. Now, that, was, yeah. that was basically it okay. from the media. All right. So now the Washington Free Beacon has found their names. Uh, they established okay. the identities through descriptions in the local news reports. The pair identified as Gary 68, Wanda 61. Free Beacon is withholding their identities at Wanda's request. However, the Federal Election Commission records show that Wanda has donated thousands of dollars to Democratic electoral groups and candidates over the last two years, including Hillary Clinton, the Democratic Congressional <laughs> Campaign Committee, Emily's List, a group that uh, aims to elect pro-choice female candidates. And in fact, uh, they uh, <clears throat> her most recent donations uh, went on f- in February to a Democratic pact, the 314 Action Fund. That bills itself, well, I'll tell you what it bills itself as in a, in a minute. But uh, according to the Free Beacon, uh, Wanda said that she and her husband are both Democrats. They're not Trump supporters. They heard about the potential benefits of chloroquine, uh, chloroquine, an anti-malarial drug, in news reports. She said decided at the spur of the moment to try taking it, but reached for the fish tank cleaner in the pantry that contains chloroquine phosphate. A different and deadly form of the chemical. <laughs> Oops. She said, we're, we're not big supporters of Trump, but we did see that uh, they were using it in China and stuff. And we just made a horrible, tragic mistake. It was stupid and horrible. We should have never done it. But it's done now, and I've lost my husband, and my whole life was my husband. Mm. We didn't think it would kill us. We thought it would help us, because that's what we'd been hearing on the news. We saw Trump on TV on every channel and all of his buddies that this was safe, she said. Trump kept saying it was basically pretty much a cure. She said, um, you shouldn't believe anything that this president says. Uh, by the way, uh, the pack that she uh, donated a lot of money to here recently was the 314 Action Fund. Uh, that is billed as the pro-science resistance group. <laughs> are they resisting science? Because that would actually fit. I think they are. Mm. I, I, I think they are. <laughs> she said, don't believe anything this president says to people. Uh, she's in shock still over her husband's death. We were having the best day before it happened. I made him his favorite lunch, grilled steak and asparagus and red potatoes. We were just having the best Sunday. And that's when I went... And got the chloroquine phosphate, <laughs> mm. which is not what the president was talking about. <laughs> no, uh, not so, at all. Yeah, he didn't. He never told anybody not to take all. the fish tank cleaner. Don't don't do that. Right. Nor yeah. did he say it right. was a cure, even no, in the right form of it. He said they were going to test it, and he was hopeful. <clears throat> yeah. Now right. you know what's really interesting, and he also said, "Talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor." Um, what's interesting is there's two there's two quotes uh, from her. First one is from the Washington Free Beacon. She decided at spur of the moment to try taking it, but reach, reach for the fish tank cleaner, uh, phosphate, blah, 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 different from the chemical. She said, we weren't big supporters, but we did see that they were using it in China and stuff. We made <laughs> a horrible, tragic mistake. OK, that's in the Washington Free Beacon. Here's the interview with NBC. 
in the NBC, she said, uh, she said, don't take the president's words. Oh, my gosh. Don't take anything he says. Don't believe anything that the president says and his people. So I'm I'm wondering why she didn't say that to the Washington Free Beacon or if she were was prompted into that or she's trying to make herself feel less stupid by blaming it on the president of the United States. I'm going with that. Yes, I'm going with the latter. She's trying to make herself feel less stupid. Uh, she also <laughs> knows who she's talking to when she's talking to them. I mean, the NBC people are going to be more receptive to the don't listen to anything the president says than the Washington Free Beacon is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I missed the speech where the president said, hey, if you have a fish tank, you know what you ought to do is run over and grab <laughs> grab the cleaner and just ingest it and then you'll be protected from the coronavirus go ahead and do that well i mean like we all know that you can eat fish but you don't go to your fish tank and eat the fish out of there <laughs> no right? you don't like, right. you don't just go to fish tank like there happens to be a similar word that happens to be associated with the fish tank that doesn't make it okay to eat no that's right general that's true rule of life yeah <laughs> I thought, I mean, if it really is sad, I, you know, there's speculation. I know at the beginning of this, they're like, it just sounds like she just killed her husband. <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't mm-hmm. know if that there's any evidence of that. Um, assuming that everything was on the up and up, uh, it's just, it is a really tragic story of someone who really was a victim of their own stupidity. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is really, yes. really sad. Yes. Uh, but, you know, the way that it's, you know, it's just so bizarre coming from a person who is making a, a big political point out of it. I can't imagine if I just lost my husband that I'd be sitting here going like, the American people should not be complaining, listening to this president. This president is not trustworthy. And I believe you should mm-hmm. donate to it. It just doesn't seem, it seems like a very, it's a very shady story. The whole thing. Is it not? It is. I think it is. Yeah, you been have you been watching the Tiger King? I haven't yet. <laughs> I, that I do sounds want like to. somebody. Yeah, that sounds like some something somebody would say that's been watching the Tiger King uh, <laughs> because that thing is insane, and you, you find out that I mean early on that the Tiger King is in jail. Uh, I think we don't really know at the beginning you you find out that he's in jail and it's because he put a hit out on this woman who is trying to shut his tiger camp down. Uh, she's in Florida and she rescues tigers and she's putting them in really crappy cages. I mean, his place is nice compared to hers. And she's like, oh, you can't keep animals in cages. And she's got them all in these really crappy cages. Anyway, apparently he was trying to kill her. But then you find out that her really rich, you know, millionaire husband just disappeared. Uh, and uh, and they've never been able to find the body. And they say that maybe she killed her husband and fed him to tigers it's the craziest <laughs> what you watch this and you're just like i don't i <laughs> i've never seen a, a, a bigger freak show than 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 this than this show it is it is crazy every 10 minutes you think okay can't get worse than this 10 minutes later it's much worse than this it is it's <laughs> it's florida Times a thousand. 
And mm. anybody who's ever lived in Florida understands what I'm saying. <laughs> Every crazy story ever that you've ever heard, somehow or another, is connected to Florida. So, I mean, and there's actual murders go going on, and we're making a reality series out of it? That's the only okay, way we you get ready justice this? done anymore in this country. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Look at the, here's, here's the featured story, uh, the top of the page of uh, the blaze. Mm. Popularity of Tiger King documentary prompts sheriff to ask for leads in cold case of woman's missing former husband. Mm-hmm. I, I swear it's the only way we do mm. anything anymore. The, like the legal, legal system just sits it around is. and waits for documentaries now. That's what we do. <laughs> We're like, oh, wait, what? R. Kelly did what? Oh, wow. Look at that documentary. Let's get him in prison. Oh, Bill Cosby did what? Oh, okay. Now it's time to go after him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, uh, making a murderer is the same thing. Like, you know, they, this guy had been in you know, jail all this time and, and it was this cold you know, the case had already been decided and then they had to go back through it and look at it again because the documentary came out. That's how we do it now. The true uh, crime, the I mean, t- true crime genre just drives our legal system. Do you guys have to just watch at least one episode? Watch just one episode because you have to meet the Carol woman. And the people who are the people who are making this are genius uh, because they're they'll leave in footage of of them you know at times like they're driving up to meet her for the first time and you just hear one of the cameramen or one of the producers go well she's dressed appropriately and when you see the camera come on her it's just like oh my god you 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 would not believe that this is as crazy as uh what's the group that did uh spinal tap and uh best in show Oh, like a Christopher Guest movie you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's as crazy as those people. <laughs> but that's all made up. That's all for yeah. comedy. Right. It has all of those hmm. characters in it. It's insane. It's insane. And we were talking about this, too, that it's got to be one of the larger sort of shared cultural events in a long time. Because, you know, when these yeah, things captive happen, audience. yeah, like you have a totally mm-hmm. captive audience. Like when you hit one of these things, when you're you're the big documentary that everyone's talking about or the big show that everyone's talking about on Netflix, it's already a big thing. Right. But now everybody's now everyone at, home at home watching television. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone Jeez. is streaming Netflix at the same you're have time. You have 100 million people watch. You probably it probably will go back to some of those probably old school do. TV numbers. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. It, can you imagine if this was happening? I, I contend this quarantine could not have happened 15 years ago. If, if we all had dial-up. Before Netflix? We, <laughs> no, we yeah, before Netflix have. and dial-up. <laughs> right. Because unless Blockbuster was <clears throat> deemed essential. Yeah. I mean, you you just, you wouldn't, you couldn't have done it. It would no. drive you insane. Well, yeah, that's why we're and willing can, to give up our constitutional rights. Because we've got Netflix now. Mm-hmm. I'll just watch Netflix. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'll stay home and can watch you, Netflix. Right. Can you imagine how big the actual viewership numbers would be if we had the four networks, the three networks or four networks, uh, and just regular television how huge mm. the numbers would be. Mm-hmm. Now these Netflix numbers have got to be outrageously huge and you know they they don't they don't share them so we may never know. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey 
It's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. So yesterday, the president was in the Rose Garden and he had a bunch of CEOs there. Procter and Gamble uh, CEO was there. Uh, a lot of people. And he talked about how they were all pitching in to help. And the media and Twitter went crazy. I love this one. Trump showcasing executives from all these private companies instead of talking about government efforts is a reflection of how little his administration is doing to respond to the coronavirus. But nothing, nothing uh, lit the media up and lit social media up like Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell got up. He's the guy from MyPillow. And he's retooling his factories to be able to make uh, masks for the hospitals. That's why he was there. And when he got up to the microphone, he said, thanks, Mr. President. If you don't mind, I'd like to just make a quick statement. He said, God gave us grace on November 8th to 2016 to change the course we were on. God's been taken out of our school and out of our laws, uh, out of our lives. Uh, uh, a nation has turned its back on God. I inter- encourage you to use this time at home to get back to the word, to read our Bibles, bring your families back to God. I thought it was incredibly brave and not unusual. Uh, unfortunately, yes, it is in the world of the media. Uh, this is from Ali Velshi from MSNBC. Trump just called the My Pillow guy up to the podium in the Rose Garden. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, James O'Grady, are you effing kidding me? He had the My Pillow guy on to sell his garbage product during a pandemic briefing. He wasn't selling anything. Um, no one, uh, no one fights a pandemic better than, uh, or more scientifically than in the insane, my pillow guy talking about the Bible. It went on and on and on. Mike Lindell is here to, uh, to respond and, and tell us how he's feeling today. Mike, I thought you were incredibly brave, uh, to <coughs> say what you said, cause you knew you were going to take a beating for it. I thought it was eloquent, and I thought it was exactly the right thing to do. Congratulations for doing that, Mike. Well, thanks. And I, I didn't. Uh, I had wrote, just wrote down some notes here. I actually turned to the president because I didn't know if I. I said, "You, I'm going to say something a little off the cuff here," and and uh, I didn't. You know, I thought I didn't think it'd be attacked like that. I really didn't. And uh, boy, I got. I had over, and then I had over 750 some text messages. Of course, them were good, but I didn't even know I had that many people. I had my phone number, um, and uh, there was probably—I <laughs> mean, people I haven't talked to in ten years. Uh, so I was answering them till three in the morning. But I actually, I actually, I went to the the bad media sites and seen what was trying to be put out there. And Glenn, one thing I want to say is, I think everyone out there, even from both sides, because so many people that were on the side, even the media that's saying these horrible things, there are people over there going, you know what, we, just like you just said, he wasn't selling anything. And what's wrong with being home with your families? And that's just his opinion. And they, that right. a lot of uh, this country, like I told the president, I said, you know, Mr. President, this, we had a, we were in the Oval Office for about a half hour after that, him and I, and I said, you know what? I said, these press briefings are so good because people are seeing who you really are, 
who you you know that mm-hmm. you're they're seeing your heart and and all this fake news and this crazy attacks out there by the left. They said, I said I got I said here's where it's going though, and I read him a text I got from a friend of mine who's who's a very much a president hater, and here's what it said. And I read it to him and said, Mike, you know I'm not a big Donald Trump uh, fan, but he said, you know what? God bless him. He's doing an incredible job. He's like he's doing a job of a champion here, and I, I think he's growing on me. And this is what's happening. I think people are going to quit being brainwashed by this horrible, crazy media, and they know who they are. And uh, and then um, and and the public is going to see this this amazing job that our president's doing. But I, so, I you know, Mike, today I've been getting interview, interview after interview today, and I'm taking all the bad ones. I, I think I'm going on the View tomorrow. I'm going Washington oh Post my gosh. this afternoon. I, I I love it. I want to go right into the hurricane. I get finally I get to speak out for Jesus like I want to. That's great. That's great. So Mike, tell me about your company is doing. He had you on on the stage along with other uh, CEOs uh, because you're doing something with your company. Tell me what you're doing. Well, about two weeks ago, I said, you know what? We got to make masks. I heard there was a need. I reached out to the vice president. He was head of this, you know, this whole uh, thing. And I reached out to his office and they directed me to Peter Navarro, who, uh, who, called, who called, texted me right back and then called me. And, and he says, we have this thing set up as a coalition. I called them. They were so helpful in finding out specs that I need of these cotton masks. And, um, and then I, I had to outsource, get, you know, figure out where it can get the elastic in our country. And, and uh, in the meantime, I said, you guys, we're doing, we're going all in. And we revamped my, one of my factories, 200,000 square feet. And we put in safety precautions for all my um, employees where they're checked at the door and they, you know, sanitize or they can take breaks when they want. And we went all in by within three days, we were up to 10,000 masks training them. Now I'm running three shifts and we want to get up to 50,000 by the end of the week. But one of the things that happened, Glenn was. Wait, 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 50,000, 50,000 a day day or at the end of the week, a A day. day. No, a day. Holy cow. I want to. Yeah, we're very good at we're very good at uh, ramping up in my pillow and and using used to big numbers and and I have such an amazing team. We we had to move sewing machines apart. We had to I uh, did have a very expensive a die cutter that cuts the fabric. So and and the, the one of the specs was they wanted 160 thread counter better. Mine turns out it was 205 double, so it's 410. So we overshot the mark and so there was a lot of things that were that we're uh, set up almost perfect for such a time as this for my pillow to get involved. But, but one of the things that's happened is I became like a bicycle hub and I've got a whole team of uh, people. I have 20 people. It's like a task force. We're actually going to put a website up because we're getting you know, from all over the country, you know, Hey, how can I get involved as a business? How can I help? I have five other businesses I dealt with that switched over to getting sewing these masks. And they know, you know, I want to say just the few that were there at the white house, there are so many companies out there that are stepping up, and it's just amazing to see that. You know, I I read one of the guys that said, you know, that he's the fact that the president is showcasing these private industries shows how little his administration is doing. That is the idea of a free market. This is exciting and why we always pull ahead in a crisis, because the free market is we don't have to wait for the government to requisition things. We just do them. We find a better way to do them and we get it done. Absolutely. And I want to tell everyone out there, 
I went to the White House. I'm, as you know, you know me. I'm an optimist beyond belief. I went to the White House, and I'm, first we had a roundtable thing with the vice president, president, and these, and these other companies, and myself, and and, they, and they're talking about he's, these statistics. He goes, he says to me, he says, Mike, this one took, they said it would take a year. They did it in two weeks. I mean, he's able to take the private sector and the government and say, you know what, this one company called up, and they, or one governor called him up and said, hey, hey, um, I can't, the, the, the government's blocking us at federally, or the federal, they, um, and he called up the uh, FDA and it got approved in two hours that would have took months. I mean, this is what he's the best at. He, here's a com, here's common sense, problem solution, and what it's going to manifest to. And it's just, no, he's built for that. I mean, I, I left there. I'm more optimistic now than I was. And for me to go up, to, you know, to double my optimism, going, yeah. wow, he's going to get us through this. I, was, so, I can't tell everyone Mike, else how amazing with this, the things they're doing. He is a guy, and I've said this for a long time, he loves a crisis. He just loves it. He, he, he lives for that, that moment of crisis. He creates, he creates chaos, you know, through his Twitter feeds and everything, because he loves it. He feasts on it. This is a real crisis, and you can see how he, is, uh, he has stabilized all of the other behavior that usually causes the crisis because he is in a real crisis now, and, it's, and right. he's, he's operating as I think he does when he's building giant you know, building projects. He can just mm-hmm. take on a whole bunch of different tasks and s- remain steady. How does he yeah, appear it, to you, okay. his, his spirits, and, and how is he tired? Yeah, no, no, I don't think he tires. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he works harder than anyone ever I've ever seen. You know, twenty out of a, twenty hours out of a twenty-four hour day, he does have my pillows, so he gets quality sleep. I'll put a plug in there. Um, but the, uh, the, 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 he, he is. It's like you just said it. He lives for this. He's he he knows he's the best at it, and he is like a big. A guy running an orchestra, all these different silos at the same time, and cutting through the tape to get this done, to get this done, and it's amazing. And his spirits are good. He, did, you know, he's. I think he's. One thing people don't realize about him is he's a he's amazing listener. He takes it all in, and he mm-hmm. won't say right at the thing. He's, he just. It's like a it's like a computer taking into his brain, and then he, he, God's given him this gift. He just weighs it, and here's the answer. And you're going to have a hard time changing my mind once he gives that answer. He's that you're not going to. He knows it's the right thing, and just because you've got other people putting their influence and in, maybe having their own agenda, once he makes that decision, he's going to get from point A to point B, and there's nothing going to stop him. It's just a matter of how he gets there. Did you, with the other CEOs, did you guys talk about the economy and uh, and how we're going to turn this thing back on? Yeah, yeah. You know, they, that's what they were, you know, one of the things is, one of the things, the frustrations I got, I brought up, um, I said, you know, there's, uh, you see all these places that are open, like your Walmarts and grocery stores, and I said, I, am, I was sick, and when I walk into one, and they don't have people at the door, security, saying, hey, put a mask on, use this sanitizer here, or even their own employees within the business. I set it up in my pillow. Why not be, why do, why don't they have safety things that they're getting to be open just because they're essential? These people are, I, I told the president, I said, 
down in Oklahoma, a friend of mine's got House of David. It, you know, obviously they're not. It's not considered a. Uh, essential that you have a church open but yet there's a hardware or i mean a car parts store where they're all congregated with no mask the clerk's not wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and what's wrong with that picture i mean and you know we need safe practices for the businesses that are there so they can give us confidence you know when when we when we go back to our other the other businesses start open if these aren't doing you know it's, it's showing safe practices it's just and we did talk about the economy. That's what the president right now, he's hearing on one hand, millions of people would have died. You're saving lives. And he goes, he said, my first thing is to save lives. But he said, he said, but we've got to get people back to work. So we need to get, yeah. we need to get solutions. And he's, that's what he's weighing. And that's what, what we're waiting on now is for the president to, he just keeps taking an input. When you, when you're seeing these delays, okay, we'll wait and we'll, you know, we'll push the date off here. Well, more stuff keeps coming in, more fixes. Right. And then when it's going to be, I believe a day's coming, the president's going to go, you know what? We're going to start here. You're, these things we're going right. to open up here. He's not going to say nationwide, open it up all at once. It'll be, it'll be popular right. for Pope. And then, you know. Mike, I've got to, I've got to run. I'm up against the network break. Thank you so much for what okay. you did yesterday. Thank you for the masks. And uh, we'll talk again uh, soon.